This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. I'm going to take a single phrase from 1 Corinthians 14 and the 12th uh, verse. The Apostle Paul gives the Corinthian brethren and by extension gives us an exhortation to seek excellence. He tells us, why it's necessary for us to seek to excel and he really he points us down the pathway where excellence is found if we think about what he has to say not only in this 12th verse but in all of his writings and especially I suppose in the, uh, the uh, first Corinthian letter you'll, you'll recall that the Corinthians were uh, had come from a variety of backgrounds uh, a lot of them were had been Jewish believers raised under the law of Moses. So they were Hebrew Christians of, of a type, I suppose. And uh, some of them were pagan. They come from polytheistic backgrounds where they had worshiped and served idols and involved themselves in all the, all the various rituals and abominations uh, that went along with that sort of, of worship. And some of them, I suppose, were people who had just come into contact with the believers and had obeyed the gospel and really didn't have have much of a background at all, spiritually speaking. So when you put that kind of a hodgepodge together, there, there's bound to be issues as people are growing and becoming more like Christ and learning how to be Christ. So really, 1 Corinthians is kind of a series of object lessons about how to put diverse peoples and ideas, backgrounds together and come up with a, a unified body that's capable of fulfilling the mission of the church. And I suppose if I was going to just sum up 1 Corinthians in just a few words, I would say things are bad, but they can always get better. And that seems to be the point, especially of what Paul says here in, in the 12th verse of chapter 14. Let me just read that and get that before you. He says, Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Now, if you put this verse, if you snatch it completely out of its context, like I've, I've just done, it, it's hard to connect it and see exactly how it relates to everything else that uh, Paul is talking about as he teaches the Corinthians really how to solve all of their issues. But one of their issues, and perhaps the heart of every issue they were having, uh, was the fact that they were at behaving like carnal people, like worldly people. Uh, and and the, the third chapter, he points that out for them and says, you're, you're, you, you have envy because you're acting like mere men. You're just not operating from a spiritual basis or a spiritual foundation, spiritually motivated, but you're operating like men. You're allowing your pride to overcome you and, and lead you to do things that you ought not to do. And that was true in all kinds of ways uh, within the situations that uh, Paul is addressing. But it seems to me that there was a kind of a spiritual envy and jealousy that was going on, growing out of their human pride. And so the tongue speakers thought that they were a whole lot better than the people who just had a word of knowledge, as Paul describes it. And so those who had one gift viewed themselves as superior uh, than, than others, if you kind of read uh, what Paul is saying. 
And so there was a sort of a jealousy and a, an interplay, a competition that seems to be going on uh, where people were using the gifts that God had blessed them with, those spiritual abilities that they'd been given, and they were using those for their own more or less glorification. So the tongue speakers thought that they were way better than the guys that could just heal and the, so on and so forth. And so by this time, Paul is pretty well, he's straightening all of these issues out kind of one at a time and uh, pointing them in the right direction. And we know that here in 1 Corinthians 14, he's specifically addressing the use of those miraculous spiritual abilities that they have been given, like speaking in a language that you've not learned. So this is a pretty good poke in the chest, it sounds to me like. I think Paul is looking at them and going, hey, since y'all are so zealous of these spiritual gifts... Let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Because he well understood that their use of those spiritual gifts was not leading to the building up of the church. In fact, the way that they were going about using those gifts was tearing down the church. To such an extent that Paul has received word from someone about all of these problems and has had to take time out of his busy ministry, so to speak, and sit down and write this letter to try to straighten these folks out. And here I think he clearly marks the pathway to straightening all of those things out. Seek to excel. And whatever gift or ability that you have, seek to use it to the utmost. Seek to abound in that gift and seek to use it to build up the church, not for your own glorification or any other uh, reason that grows out of, of, of pride or selfishness or envy. So Paul points all of us... Uh, towards a pursuit of excellence. You know, it's never too late to decide to seek excellence, is it? No matter at what point you are in your life, I believe that it's true you can always get better. No matter where you may be, you may consider yourself an expert in any number of things, but trust me, if you devote yourself to further study and development of whatever that thing is, you'll get better at it. You can always seek excellence no matter whether you're just beginning your life or you're at the midpoint of your life or you're in the closing seasons of your life. We can always be people that are dedicated to seeking excellence. In my mind, I, I equate excellence with Christ. And so when I speak of and think of within myself about seeking excellence, what I'm saying is we need to seek to be like Christ. And so when we are seeking Christ-likeness, we're automatically seeking excellence because he is our overriding example of what excellence looks like. So if we consider the life, the ministry, the relationships of Jesus, the work uh, that he uh, did while he was on earth and all that he accomplished and all that he was as we see him portrayed uh, in the scriptures, then we have the overarching example of excellence, don't we? And so as we dedicate ourselves to becoming like Christ, we're sort of automatically dedicating ourselves to the pursuit of excellence, aren't we? So I hope you'll agree with me that it's important for us, in fact, it's imperative for us to seek excellence. Paul doesn't write suggestions, does he? Just a few words later in the same as we've divided it and call it the 14th chapter, but just a few verses later, he says, if any of you thinks himself to be spiritual or a prophet, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. So Paul doesn't really, generally speaking, 
make suggestions. And so what Paul says, you need to seek excellence for the edification of the church, then really he's saying that's a commandment. That's something you must do. It's an imperative, isn't it? We might, we might try to explain that away in, in a number of sorts of ways. All of them would be wrong. But we can't explain away this admonition from the, uh, the Spirit-inspired apostle to all of us. An exhortation, seek excellence, don't settle for mediocrity. You know, I suppose that in most every human endeavor, nobody sets out to be mediocre, do they? Sometimes that may be the result, maybe the best effort that we... I'm a mediocre guitar player. I've tried for years. I don't want to even tell you how many years. And I have never risen to the level of excellence. I'm mediocre at best, but I've, I've given it my all. And I've, I'm willing to be recognized as a mediocre guitar player. But most pursuits in life, we don't settle for mediocrity, do we? And it's always puzzled me why in it seemingly, at least, in some instances in our spiritual lives, we're willing to settle for mediocrity. And we say things like, well, I just can't do that. I'm just not going to be able to do that. That's just not within me. Well, seek to get it within you. Seek to gain something new. Seek to use some ability that, that you have. Seek to develop it and uh, allow it to evolve and become more than it presently is. That's what seeking to be excellent is all about, isn't it? Growth in pursuit of a goal. So our goal as disciples of Jesus is to become like him, which automatically, as I've already said, leads us into the pursuit of excellence. A number of reasons why it's important that we seek to excel and follow this admonition of Paul. First and foremost, as I've just said, it's the will of God. God is not looking for people who are willing to settle for mediocrity. He is looking for people who will be inspired to follow him, to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, and to seek excellence, and to use that excellence to build up the church. So first and most important, in fact, overriding all other considerations is this. It's God's will that we seek excellence. And if we consider the trouble that God has gone to to demonstrate for us what excellence looks like, then we can see how imperative it must be that we obey his will in it. He sent Jesus into this world. Now, certainly it's an oversimplification of the mission and purpose of Jesus to say that he came to leave us an example and demonstrate for us excellence in action, but that's certainly the result of what he did and who he is. So God sent Jesus into the world, showed us how to live a life that is a life in, that excels in every way, and we can follow in his footsteps. So it's the will of God. Now notice how God has given us a standard of excellence. His name is Jesus, and we can imply, apply that standard of excellence in all walks of life. So if we think about our family life as, as just an example, if I seek excellence as a husband, if I want to be the most excellent husband I can be, where is my example? My example is Jesus. 
And so I looked at Ephesians 5, and once again, the inspired apostle, and he tells me that I should love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That I should cherish and nourish my, nurture, nourish my wife just as Christ does the church. So Jesus is my example of excellence as a husband. So if I'm going to seek to excel as a husband... If I'm not willing to settle for being a mediocre husband to Elizabeth, if I want to be the best husband that I possibly can be, if I, in fact, want to always be becoming a better husband than I have been, then I look to Jesus and I follow that example. And he shows me what excellence looks at. Is there a need that the church has that Jesus doesn't meet? He's our example. What if you want to be an excellent wife and you want to seek excellence as a wife? Well, what's your example? You've got a standard too. You look right there in Ephesians chapter 5 and you see that standard spell, spelled out. You submit to your husband as, uh, Christ, uh, as the church submits to Christ. Christ is the head of the church in all things. The husband is the head of the wife. So there's a, an example given for wives that shows the pathway to excellence, that holds up excellence. And so if you want to be a wife that's not willing to settle for mediocrity, if you want to be a wife that every day is becoming more and more a better wife, a more excellent wife to your husband, then you look to Jesus. You look to the guidance that the scripture gives you. What about children in the family? Well, they've not been exempted from the pursuit of excellence, have they? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and your mother. The first commandment with promise, the apostle says. So there's, in just a few words, the standard of excellence for children still within their home and under the authority of the father and the mother. You're to obey your parents. And in your obedience, you're demonstrating honor to your parents. And maybe sometimes we don't think about this, but when you disobey your parents, kids, you're dishonoring your parents. And you're looking at a guy who had a long history and a long record of doing exactly that. And I understand the cost of dishonoring your mother and father. And I understand the regrets that will fill your heart when it's too late to undo that and make amends for it. So the standard of excellence for children within the family spelled out in the scripture. So if you want to be a kid that's seeking to be an excellent child within your household and your family, if you're not willing to settle for just being a mediocre kid, then you're going to look to the scriptures and to the guidance and the example that is spelled out there as you seek excellence as a child of God and a child within your household. So it's God's will, and he's given us examples in every walk of life. So if we think about even our jobs, look to 1 Peter Peter spells it out. Paul spells it out. He points out a, a standard of excellence. You're to be an employee who does everything heartily is unto the Lord, not unto men. So in our jobs, if we work for people, we give it everything that we have. Because ultimately, we know that we're working for the Lord, not the guy necessarily that signs the paycheck. So we're going to give him everything that we've got, knowing that ultimately, Christ is our master. So we have a standard of excellence there. And the same is true in our citizenship and every other area. And I don't need to rehearse all of those for you. I'm sure you're way ahead of me in your thinking. So don't settle for being mediocre. Mediocre. Don't settle for being a mediocre citizen or a mediocre employee or a mediocre family member, mediocre husband, 
And most of all, don't settle for being a mediocre disciple of Christ. Seek to excel and to use the gifts and the abilities that you've had and to gain new ones by exercising those and exercising yourself, extending yourself in an effort to be more than you presently are to aid the church and help to build the church up. So secondly, it's God's will. Secondly, it's because of the importance of the mission. When you think about the mission that the church has been given, and we term it as the Great Commission, there certainly was a never, greater, never a greater commission given than the one that Jesus left in the hands of the disciples. The eternal destiny of the souls of men and women are dependent upon the church fulfilling that mission. Who in this world today is concerned about the souls of men and women other than the church? Does the government ultimately care about the souls of men and women? Are they enacting policies based on decisions to aid in the spiritual development of the citizens of this country? I don't want to make a political speech, but I say a resounding no, they are not. They never have been. It's not their job. God didn't tell the government to see to the salvation of men to preach the gospel, did he? No, he gave it to men. He gave it to the church. He gave it to us, brothers and sisters. And for the importance of the mission, that mission demands excellence. Mediocre effort won't get souls saved. It takes an ex the pursuit of excellence, the development of talent and ability, the utilization, seizing opportunity, all of the things that we might use to describe that are absolutely necessary in order to fulfill that mission. So it's important that we all be people dedicated to seeking excellence. What about the outcome of failure? Because of what happens if we fail in that mission, that it's imperative that we seek excellence because the souls of men and women will be lost. People that you know, people that you love, people that are a part of your life will be lost if the church fails in its mission to take the message of the gospel to them. And so because of the consequences of failure, it seems to me of the utmost importance that we all be dedicated to seeking excellence within our lives, to developing whatever we have to use for the benefit of others, the glorification of God, and the building up of the church. So because it's God's will, because of the importance of the mission, the consequences of failure, we must seek to excel. Now look at the result of what Paul tells us, the result of, uh, of seeking excellence is. He said, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Another translation says, seek to excel for the edification of the church. So the result of seeking excellence is edification. So if I seek to excel, then I'm, I'm building up. And in whatever area I'm excelling, then I'm building up within that area. So if I'm seeking to excel as a husband, then I'm edifying my family. My family is being built up. The more that I conform myself to the example of Christ and the more that I seek to excel as a husband, then my family is being built up. And when my wife seeks to excel, that family is being built up. And when children seek to excel, the family is being built up. And when families are being built up, then what happens to communities? 
Well, communities are built up. They're edified. What happens when families are edified that are a part of the church? Well, the church is built up. So seeking excellence leads to the building up of the church. A lot of things that we might say uh, in regard to that. I'm sure things are coming to your mind that tie into what I've just said there. If we think about how my family plays a role in the building up of the church and edifying it. And when I settle for being a mediocre husband, a mediocre brother in Christ, a mediocre anything else, then I am inhibiting and hindering the fulfillment and the building up of the church and fulfillment of the mission. Okay? So for all of those reasons, I think this exhortation uh, applies to us today exactly as it applied to the Corinthians and as it always will apply to believers because we are called to excellence as disciples of Christ. When you and I, when we walk in his footsteps and when every day we seek to be closer and closer to him, more and more like him, then every day we're laying aside all of those things that we considered this morning. We're placing things in the proper priority and placing the right value upon those things. And we are seeking to walk in his footsteps, become like him, and we are seeking excellence. And when we seek excellence, the church will be built up, families will be built up, communities will be built up. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard, or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.